Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. Hello, today we're going to talk about the LuLaRoe Amazon docu-series, whatever you want to call that. But it is about the company called LuLaRoe and it's about how they had some scandals. They had some bad business practices and had some customer disappointments. And we're going to talk today about how in your coaching business or your business, if you sell wellness products or you do work for a um, company that is kind of like a uh, direct sales type of business. Some tips and tricks when it comes to marketing yourself, um, what we can take away from this docu-series, what we can learn from it. Uh, because the truth is, they, this company, did a lot of things that were bad, but they also really understood marketing. And marketing can be used for good, and marketing sometimes can be used for bad. And in their case, they um, you know, did some crappy things, but you can use marketing for good. You can use marketing to um, you know, help more people, make a bigger impact, attract your ideal clients, et cetera. So we're gonna talk about some of those marketing principles that they had down that uh, were interesting to me as far as watching as as a business coach and a marketer, this movie. So the first thing is they understood the importance of providing incentives, okay? So when you're marketing your coaching business, you definitely wanna think about what are the reasons or benefits of your program and what you help people with. And with LuLaRoe, they created this whole vibe around, this whole message and mission, which we'll talk about another huge thing they did right, was creating a vision and mission that they channeled their business around and not leading with the product, but instead leading with the mission and the movement they were creating. But anyways, they created this whole vibe that, you know, everybody wants to be a LuLaRoe awesome salesperson and they have different, they had different levels and they had different prizes and they kind of gamified the system, meaning the the bigger you get and the more you get on your team, you get a LuLaRoe watch or you get to go on this cruise or you get to do this trip or whatever. And so everybody was motivated, very motivated to work very hard. And so if you're a coach or a course creator, you want to think about how can you gamify your own trans, the transformative process for the client, meaning they, they are excited to do the work. 
Okay, because LuLaRoe was making their people hustle. They were like promoting like, you gotta have your sales parties, you gotta order your materials, you gotta do this, like this is gonna pay off for you and your family. And they were, they were making people work pretty darn hard, right? Um, or not making people, but promoting that. But the reason why they got away with that was because it was so incentivizing and, and like motivating and high vibe and they were coaching them through mindset stuff along the way that these people wanted to work really hard to get the transformation, to get to the next level in their business. So when you are coaching, think about how can you get your clients to want to do that habit that they hate? How can you make them want to show up to the calls? How can you make them want to commit to the transformation that you provide? And you're going to actually get your clients better results when you are um, kind of working on decreasing the perceived amount of effort, meaning the LuLaRoe people were still working hard, but it didn't feel like work because they were thinking about, oh, I want to get to the next level or I want to get this watch or I want to go on this cruise or I want to be like my friends in this business. Um, and they were like highly motivated. So think about how can you with your clients um, help them make the journey feel less hard, less effortful, that they actually are excited and motivated to show up. That's one thing. And some of that might, in a coaching program, that might look like um, something like not letting them get access to a certain level of your course until they complete or show you that they completed the first part. So that creates accountability, for example. Or it could mean, you know, the person, the top, the top, um, let's say you have a habits membership or something, the person who uh, tracks their habit the longest gets a prize or something, you know, like having something that is incentivizing, right? So that's the first thing. The other thing that we really have to talk about, I'm going to go back to, is that this company led with a movement and a mission that was bigger than the product. So in other words, rather than saying we sell leggings, woo, they were like, we help stay-at-home moms and moms who want to contribute to their families make more money in less than, less than half the time of a, a full-time corporate job and with more fun with, while being able to be home with their kids with a proven system that we provide for them to make it easy. And you can live the American dream by being one of our reps, right? So not saying it's right or wrong to promote that because there was a lot of things that um, in their company had some issues and false promises made, but the point is they didn't lead with leggings. And this is the same thing for you as a coach or course creator or whatever. You're not gonna lead with, I do coaching or I have a course. You're gonna lead with, we create blank. What is the mission and the transformation that you can create by creating your community and your program and coaching your clients and that kind of thing. So the miss, the mission or message that they had was all about you can live the dream by being home with your kids and yada, yada. And that was very important to their ideal clients. They knew their audience extremely well, right? So Katie says, so true, yes. And I've talked to a lot of Kates and Katies today for some reason, I don't know what's going on there, but like three Katies, three Kates have book calls. Um, anyways, so that's the first thing. They also, again, knew their niche and knew what their niche wanted. So. And, and here's the, okay, we're going to move on. So incentivizing and knowing your message, your mission, and 
like what is the movement you're creating lead with that lead with your why same thing on your sales calls you guys so many of you i hear start with well i have a coaching package it's 12 sessions it's la, 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 la. rather than leading with the reason why I do this and what the why is, is you, nope, and I'll use my other business, Power Player. Nobody can change the world on their own. You're probably a coach. You're probably feeling like you wanna just coach people and do what you're best at, and things are getting in the way. You're trying to do your own marketing. You're falling for shiny object syndrome. You're doing all these things. And rather than doing it on your own and feeling like you have no help, we wanna be a team around you to help you live out your vision, live out your mission, do what you're good at, well, we do what we're good at. So that's power play. That's my other company. Uh, but anyways, so that is really important. The next thing is they created status within their own culture. They had this whole culture thing going on. Now, some people call it a cult because they were kind of telling people like how to dress and, you know, you have to wear the leggings all the time and all that, which is not super cool. But they created this culture around like within their own community, they had like celebrities because the people who were higher up in the company, meaning they had more reps underneath them or whatever, were, were seen as like celebrities and all the other reps followed them and had this whole thing. So the point is don't do that in your own company. Don't create a cult. Don't tell people what they need to do. But do think about people are status driven. People want to be seen as cool by their friends. People, whether you like to hear that or not, is true, okay? People wanna be seen as successful. People care about what other people think, unfortunately, right? And so when you're posting on social media or when you're promoting your program or whatever, you wanna keep this in mind. You don't wanna name your program something that makes somebody feel like a loser. You don't want to, and I firsthand, because my program's called Zero to Hero Coach Inner Circle, it is taking you from you know starting out as a coach and struggling to hero, like rocking your business. But I've thought many times about changing the name because I'm like, does zero, I don't know, does that make people feel bad? So I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm thinking about that, but I've used the name too much on my pages and stuff right now to change it. But that's just the thought. So the whole point is um, you want to, if you're going to post something on social media, post something that someone would feel cool sharing not something that makes them feel really insecure and like they're never gonna wanna comment on it or something because you're pointing out their faults or whatever. So if you want something to be shared, if you want something to be promoted, create a community around it, create hype around it, create excitement around it, make it something that somebody would wanna share with their audience or their friends or whatever, okay? And then the other thing is they had totally um, a, what did I write here? Oh, they milked opportunities. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the entrepreneurial spirit that they had. So first of all, they had a, oh, okay, two things. They created scarcity, and then they saw opportunities around that scarcity. So I'm gonna back up first and talk about scarcity. With their leggings, sometimes the prints, they, they didn't really have a structure around duplicating um, certain things. So if they bought a fabric once and they made some leggings out of it, there was no guarantee that you could get those leggings ever again because they just bought the fabric and made them and what you, what you get is what you see, right? And so they created this urgency, which is another marketing principle when you're promoting and when you're launching. They created this urgency of, if you like this print, you better get it now because we don't know if it's ever gonna be back. We don't know, and they genuinely didn't because they were making things kind of 
randomly buying these fabrics and stuff. So that created real urgency and people would buy on these Facebook lives because they'd see it and they'd be like, I like it and I never know if it's gonna be back again. I need to get it now. So how can you and your business create more urgency? Do you have a limited amount of coaching spots? Do you have a deadline that everybody enrolls by? Do you have um, you know, a wait list? So there's pent up demand and you, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And the other thing is um, with, with the urgency, they actually not only milked having customers who represented the product and you know, built a team underneath them, but they had this wait list of people who wanted to join LuLaRoe. So much so, this wait list was huge, so much so that they were like, how can we leverage the wait list? There's people sitting and waiting and we can't onboard them all at once. And they had a, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, I'm just saying this is like, wow, what a way to milk, like to see something that wouldn't have been seen. They, they had an event to invite all of their wait list to and select um, one person to join LuLaRoe and get off the wait list at the event. And they called it like a golden ticket. Someone's gonna get the golden ticket. We're gonna call out the winner. There's gonna be so much excitement at this event. One of you is gonna get to join, yada, yada. And can you imagine having a wait list for your program and having people so excited that they would fly to an event, they're not even a part of your company yet, just for the chance of being recruited to your company. That is wild, okay? That shows that they knew their audience, they knew what their audience wanted, and they milked an opportunity that most people just see, well, they're on the wait list, they can't, there's nothing to do with those people yet. We, we have to wait until they can join the program. But instead they had an event and people paid to come and get called to be, on the comp- be in the company, which is just wild to me, but it worked for them. So the other thing that they did wrong is that they had shaky foundations. So they were growing so quickly and they were hiring their children rather than like people who, who people who they, their children didn't have any experience in event planning, for example. One of the guys who was their child was the event planner, etc. And so they, that led to shaky results, meaning they started to grow so fast that they couldn't keep up with the demand. The legging quality went significantly down. They hired all these designers for the leggings that had, and the designers had like no real systems or processes. I mean, I'm sure they had some, but they were taking things off the internet and just drawing it on these leggings and then getting in trouble for copying somebody else's design. So as you can see, by not having these processes, like, hey guys, we don't do that. Here's what to do, here's what not to do. Here's our process for creating the leggings. Also, you know, looking for the best talent, taking the time to slow down before you speed up the growth in your business. They didn't really do that. They just kept growing and they just kept saying, hey, figure it out, like host this event, child, and good luck. And it led to very unsatisfied customers, very unsatisfied distributors who were on their team, Um, people starting to post online like, hey, these leggings have gone downhill, there's holes in them, there's like, it's really weird. Um, They smell bad because they they couldn't put their leggings in the warehouse, they had to put them outside because they were getting so big, like lots of problems. And when you damage your reputation 
This was another huge lesson. They started to damage their own reputation by growing too quickly and letting the quality go down. And they got away with it for a while, which is not cool, but they, you know, they did get away with it for a while, but it did backfire. And you have to understand that reputation and setting up strong foundations and not building your business on a house of cards and taking the time to develop systems and processes, even if it slows you down a little bit, when at the right time, I don't think you need to do that right as you're starting your business, but at the right time, that is so important. And this actually, this year for me has been a big year of slowing down before I speed up because I've kind of been developing a lot of, a lot of foundations, a lot of systems, a lot of processes, uh, outsourcing certain things, trying to get that fit right, like all of that. And it did slow me down from marketing and promoting quite a bit, but I'm really glad I did it because otherwise I wouldn't be ready for huge growth. And if, and if I did grow larger, it would be frightening to me. And this is also why I think a lot of people fear success because they think I can't handle it. I don't have the systems. I don't have the right people. I don't have the right resources. If I grew too fast, I would be screwed, right? And so you do need to set yourself up for success with those foundations. And it's not a waste of time. It's actually slowing down before you speed up. And it's a good thing. Um, yeah, it's hard in the moment. It's like delayed gratification, but it is worth it long term. And there's so many things I need to slow down to, to set up and whatnot, but you have to do it at the time that's right in your business. So if you're struggling to know when's the right time and like what's the order and structure and process, um, feel free to reach out to me. We've helped a lot of clients uh, take more things off their plate. We've helped a lot of clients create systems or a scalable program when they max out on one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, things like that. So anyways, the next thing is they hired the wrong talent, as I said before. So if you are somebody who is making costly mistakes in your business because either you're like, let's say you're creating a website or something and you do it before you've had any proof of concept, before you know your niche, before you really feel confident in what you offer and what the offer is, you probably just wasted your money because what would be a better route is to learn from your audience, have at least a little bit of proof of concept, like make your first couple of sales without a website, figure out what, what it is that trigger people to join you and want to work with you and use that messaging for your website and that kind of thing. So um, they, what they did or what I'm, what I'm saying to you is don't, don't make costly mistakes by doing things out of order and or hiring the wrong people at the wrong timing. This company put, their family in charge of things, which is, I mean, family businesses are awesome, but they didn't really hire based on talent. They hire based on like, oh, you'd probably be good at this. Let's, let's try this. And it, it somewhat worked, but it somewhat also didn't work. Right. The other thing is the, um, they were a product of the product and this is really big. So if you are a coach or consultant and you are, um, talking about you are your message and how you show up aren't aligned this can be a challenge for you to attract the right people because this company they would be like okay you have to wear the leggings they even they even you know told their um, audience you have to like you should look a certain way you need to look nice and presentable and wear makeup and blah 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 and again it was a little culty and it was a little much but they definitely had people who were 
so thrilled about the product and so much a product of the product that people, it was infectious. It was infectious to other people who aligned with that message and aligned with that mission and felt like I want to be like her or asked, it created that aspiration um, among people. So being a product of the product and asking yourself, how would I show up as a coach and representative of this message and this movement? What would that look like? How can I demonstrate the value of my program and be a be embodying it as a coach? Is just as important as having your message and your program. And, you know, sometimes people don't go as far as how can I embody it? How can I be promoting if you promote freedom of lifestyle and you're working 24 hours a day that doesn't see how that doesn't necessarily align right and then the next thing is um they changed their promises this was a huge mistake okay so what happened and and this also goes back to creating an ir- okay creating an irresistible offer so i have a podcast about how do you double the value of your offer so you can charge more for it And if you want to check that out, you can go to the Health Coach Nation podcast. But one of the things they did was they created, when they started to lose interest because their reputation was not doing well, they created a guarantee that lowered the barrier of entry for distributors. Okay, so what they did was they said, hey, if you join, you can buy the clothes and you can return them if you don't like it or if it doesn't work out for you. And I think it was like, you can return at any time. This, this policy is not going to expire, yada, yada, which is, sounds great, right? And it did trigger a lot of people to sign up because they were like, oh, it's pretty low risk. I can return it if I don't want it. But then they changed the rules. They were like, oh, never mind. Sorry, you, you got to keep the stuff, right? And that led to huge customer trust issues, right? Who, who would trust them after that when they say one thing and then they completely change their mind? So this is why it's very important to deliver on your promises and look into before you make a promise, what are gonna be the ramifications? Is this gonna change anytime soon? And setting the boundaries and then clarity around that policy or guarantee or thing that you make. Um, and I'm not saying don't make guarantees. I actually am a big fan of guarantees. I think um, having some kind of guarantee or having something that lowers the risk or perceived risk for somebody working with you or joining your program um, is a good thing because people do need to trust you. They need to feel comfortable working with you. And it's really hard in a world where a lot of people online do uh, are kind of uh, sketchy. Um, but you have to pick something that you can deliver on and keep, right? So thinking about how can, and and here's one thing I also wanna highlight, they, the perceived, when you're making an offer, there is the dream outcome, which they promised, hey, you guys can be stay-at-home moms, sell these clothes, have so much fun doing it, not work all the time, be home with your kids, yada, yada, create financial freedom, contribute to your family. They had the person, but when you, when somebody says that period and never adds anything else to it, people are like, well, what's the catch? That sounds so hard. That sounds like, uh, how do we, how, how does this even work? They took away the perceived effort to do that and the perceived risk to do that by saying risk. First of all, it's risk-free because you can return your thing if you wanted. And then the perceived effort they kind of took away because they were like, 
we have a system pre-made. All these women have already done it. Look at all these awesome women who've been successful. We know what to do. You have these home house parties. It's like this whole system. You're going to be fine, right? So they did. So the moms were like, oh, I guess, I guess it's probably going to be pretty easy. Um, and then, and then they had the, um, uh, I don't know where I lost my train of thought. So see how they took away risk and perceived effort quite a bit with their marketing. So the thing you want to think about in your coaching business or your product-based business is how can, number one, you start off with strong foundations, live with integrity. This is the biggest thing LuLaRo was struggling with was integrity because they changed the promise. They didn't really legally look into like what are the ramifications of what we're doing. Um, they didn't set up those strong foundations, huge, huge loss. Um, Number two, how can you gamify or create incentives or um, make it easier for your clients to get the transformation that they're paying you for or wanting, right? Making that irresistible offer. Number three, knowing your clients, knowing your movement, you wanna create a brand around or your why for your brand. And then milking opportunities. They, they did milk opportunities, meaning the wait lists that they had they milked that by having that golden ticket event or whatever, right? Not saying that was a good idea or not, but the, the principles of marketing that this company did were the principle, the timeless principles of marketing, right? So do you have any questions? Did you watch this show? I would love to hear. Um, and if you are a coach and you do feel like you have shaky foundations right now, meaning you don't really have structure, you are moving pretty fast by hustling, but you're not really seeing the results. And you feel like, you know, you want some help and guidance with your message. You want to get an irresistible offer that you feel you can deliver on and put it out there to the world and make some sales. Um, go ahead and DM me. I have my four-step framework to booking more clients and adapting to current times, which uh, somebody just told me this morning that she watched it and it totally made her realize the gaps in her business and what she's going to focus on for the next six weeks. Um, so that was pretty cool to hear. And other than that, I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great day and thanks again for watching. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.